Good evening. Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and for the next half hour, hopefully we'll talk calmly about things that God's Word says. I'm coming to you from the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. What a privilege it's been through the years to be a part of the ministry here in Northwoods of Wisconsin. I do encourage all of our listeners to pray for us, to continue to ask God to allow us to be effective at our mission of knowing Christ and making him known, that we might be a safe place for all those people who come onto our grounds, that we might be a fun place where people come to enjoy being with each other, and that we might be an affordable place. Because what good is a place of ministry that has to say no to people because of resources? I'm thankful that God has supplied our needs throughout the years, and perhaps I should do some programming where I just talk to you about how he has supplied, because it really shows God's power. I've had the privilege of seeing the supply for over 56 summers. I haven't been in charge for that long because I'd be really old if that were the case. But I have been around for all those summers as a child watching my father minister on these grounds and be a pastor in high school ministering and then in college ministering in a different way and eventually moving up here and being an active part of the staff. I'm thankful for those experiences. They have allowed me to see God and His provision. And His provision has been great. This is His place. I hope you can see God's hand of provision in your life, that you haven't been busy trying to make it without God and trying to figure out how to do it without God. It's totally a joyful experience to be able to be in a position where if God does not provide, you're not provided for. Think of those through the Bible, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If God didn't provide, they would have been in trouble. David and Goliath and Noah with a boat in the mountain. Many of those that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So how is faith being demonstrated in your life? Some people think that they need to go out and just do things to test God. We don't need to do that. We just need to live our lives day by day, moment by moment, and allow God to work in our lives. In Psalm 37, verses 18 to 20, it says, The Lord knows the day of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine they have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish like smoke. They vanish away. It's interesting as God goes on and talks about the contrast between the blameless and the wicked again in this chapter 37 of the Psalms, and I encourage you to go to Psalm 37 and read that chapter often. And I've had other programs on nighttime about Psalm 37, but for some reason God has me living in this chapter lately. He's thinking about it. There's the wicked and there's the righteous. There's the blameless and there's the wicked. 
We keep getting told that God will stay by those who are blameless, those who are in his family, those who want to do what's right. Verse 19 tells us they're not going to be put to shame. Even in evil times, they're not going to be put to shame. It says that in the days of famine, they're going to have abundance. God will take care of them. You see, God isn't tied to the circumstances of life. He's beyond those circumstances. He can take care of us no matter what the circumstances of life tend to do. But the wicked, they'll perish. Why, they're the enemies of the Lord, and like glory of the pastures, they vanish. This is consistent with what's said earlier in this chapter, where it talks about they will soon fade like the flowers or the grass of the field. And now we're being compared to the pastures that vanish and the smoke that vanishes away. See, sometimes we get so into the moment and the troubles of the moment that we forget that it's going to pass away. I was thinking the other day how often I can be troubled by something that's going on. And if I would just think in terms of future, how this is not going to be going on forever, I'd be able to get through it a whole lot better. In the past few years, our family has gone through cancer. The cancer diagnosis is rough to take, but it's not forever. Now we look back on the cancer diagnosis. It's changed our life. It's, we've done some things differently. We've had to have some medical treatments, but we look back on it. And, and it becomes something that's fading a little bit, something that we had to go through. When I was a kid with my medical problems and my hips, and even recently when I got a hip replaced, now I look back on that. It's, it, I'm not in the middle of having a hip replaced. I'm not in the middle of surgeries. I did have them, and while I went through them, it wasn't all that much fun. But they don't last forever. They're like smoke or like a fading grass. They're, they're not there forever. We tend to get in trouble when we think that the troubles of our day are going to be there forever. They're not going to be there forever. We're going to have a, a different way of living in a little bit. Those of us who are in God's family who have placed our trust in Jesus Christ, and we get to look forward to an eternity with God where things will be totally taken care of. But right now, there's things that happen because of evil. But they're not going to continue to happen. One day, God wins. The contrast here is that the blameless, they're going to have a heritage that remains forever. And the wicked, all their glory is going to fade like the flowers, like the grass, like smoke. If you were in northern Wisconsin today, you would be using the illustration of the colored leaves that are on the trees. It's absolutely beautiful here right now, and the trees are gorgeous to look at. Different hues of orange and red and yellow and, and rust colored all through the forest. But those leaves are going to fall off those trees, and those trees aren't going to look that way very long. They look that way now, so we need to enjoy those now. Do you realize that both the good and the bad in life are moments that we have to look at? The hip replacement that I got this year, it was a moment in time. Now it's faded and I walk on that hip and I feel pretty good. 
like smoke or like the flower, like the grass of the field that's faded, the, the struggle of getting the surgery, the struggle of the arthritis that was in the hip is now gone. And now it's a memory. The leaves that are so beautiful. I can ruin the experience of the leaves by thinking about how they're going to fall off the trees. And I won't be able to enjoy it for very long because it's such a temporary pleasure. Do you see what I did there? I ruined the idea of enjoying the leaves right now because I'm thinking too far ahead. I'm thinking about the day they fall off the tree. That sounds like I have trouble in how I assimilate information, but it's pretty natural. In fact, that's what's being written about here. There are experiences in life that we should enjoy today because God's given them to us today, but they won't be there tomorrow. When the children of Israel got food in the desert, they were given enough for today until the weekend when they were given enough for two days. Those who try to prepare for more than that found out that's not how you do it. God takes care of your daily bread not your yearly bread, not your decade bread. He takes care of your daily bread. Therefore, when we eat today, we should be enjoying the fact that God has provided for us this meal. I know that it's possible, if you're wondering where your meals are coming from tomorrow, it's possible that you don't even enjoy this meal because you're worried about tomorrow. That's not how God works. God has never lost anything in life. His power has never been diminished. His authority is unquestionable. And if you're in his family, your needs are known to him. And God can provide for you and wants to provide for you. We ruin that experience by trying to look too far ahead. Because what he wants us to do is walk with him. And the walking with him is the idea of one step at a time, one step together at a time with each other. God enjoys us walking with him, being in his shadow. Let me read these verses 18 to 20 again. The Lord knows the days of the blameless and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they will have abundance. But the wicked will perish. The enemies of the Lord are like the glory of the pastures. They vanish. Like smoke, they vanish away. Verse 21 says, The wicked borrows but does not pay back, but the righteous is generous and gives. I enjoy the contrast in here between the righteous and the wicked the blameless and the wicked. You see, the wicked thinks only about themselves. They think about resources and assets and how they affect them. And if they would borrow something, they borrow it in a way where they're richer, but they don't really take care of the person who owns it very much. They figure, well, you have the expense of buying this object, whatever it is, or you have the expense of maintaining it, I can use it for nothing and I can get ahead and I don't need to repay you. You can take care of it because it's all about me. 
Whenever I get into the pattern where I'm thinking that life is all about me, and I begin to use other people rather than love other people, I begin to love things or money rather than use them, then I'm unhealthy. It says here, the righteous, they're generous, they give. The righteous looks in the eyes of the people that are around them and they think, what can I do to help them be all that they can be? What can I do to demonstrate who God is to these people? What can I do? And they work in their lives towards demonstrating who God is to the people. They're generous people. They realize that if God puts something on their heart to give to somebody else, they can give. When you go through and you define the wicked, you see that the wicked are really consumed with self. They're consumed with what comes from somebody else that can benefit them no matter what it does to the other person. Defining the word wicked, when you go to the original, talks about wrong, uh, a bad person, someone who's condemned, guilty, ungodly, someone like that. Now, what's interesting for me is the fact that I usually tell students I don't care for the word good or bad because those two words need a comparison. But in this passage, those two words are being compared. You have those who listen to God and walk with God. And they're the ones that are saying are good people. Compared to those who don't walk with God, those are the bad people. And the only difference is one walks with God. One doesn't walk with God. One is close in proximity to God. One is not. One listens to God. One doesn't. Those who listen to God, those who are in God's family, those who walk with God, they're the blameless ones. They're the ones that God cares for because he's come, because they've come to him and he cares for their needs. Verse 22 to 25 said, in Psalm 37, for those blessed by the Lord shall inherit the land, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. I have been young, and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. The steps of a man, and, and if you look that up in the original, it's the steps of a good man, a righteous man. The steps of a good man are established by the Lord. God establishes where you go, and the word there is steps. It's from the primitive word to pace, that is to, to step regularly, to march, to step. One step at a time. The steps of man... They're established. Notice it doesn't say the end of the journey is established. The end of the journey is going to take care of itself if you take all the right steps. If all my steps in life are going where God wants them to go, at the end, I'm going to be where God wanted me to be. Now, there's two ways to look at this, and sometimes we, we try to look at it and understand it apart from what God says and try and understand it in our own perspective, which is probably the best we can do. Sometimes I think I should look far enough ahead and walk towards the goal, and certainly that would make sense. 
but I don't know what the goal is all the time. Oh, I know some of the goal. I, I know that no matter what happens in life, I need to glorify God. No matter what happens in life, I need to show the world who God is. I, I understand that part of the goal, and that's certainly a, a lifelong goal that I need to accomplish. But so much in the Bible talks about us walking with God step by step, moment by moment. We need to make the right decisions today with the information we have today. Because we don't have any information about tomorrow. We have some information if we look at the scriptures on what's going to happen at the end of the world and, and, and for eternity a little bit that God gives us a glimpse into that. But my responsibility today is not to know what's going to happen 10 years from now or a year from now or a week from now. My responsibility today is to make the right decisions with the decisions I can make today as I walk hand in hand with God, as I stay in proximity to God. The steps, not the complete end of the journey, but the steps of the man are established by the Lord when he delights in his ways. When I delight in God's way, when I look at God every day and think, God, thank you for the privilege of knowing you and walking with you and being with you, I want to do what you put me on this earth to do today. When I do that, he establishes my steps. And I can look at this day and say, today I need to do this. Well, how does that fit into the goal that God has for me 10 years from now, 20 years from now, five years from now, five minutes from now? I'm not 100% sure. Because I can't be in the future, but God is. The only thing I can really determine is that I want to be close to God. I want to listen to God. And then I make decisions based on what God has put in my path for today. The steps of a man are established by the Lord. The steps, it's a primitive word to be pace, step regularly, to mount, to march. The steps of a man. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. When I look at that, I think of a father holding a toddler's hand, learning to walk. It's not that the toddler would never fall. The toddler will fall. But the safest place for that toddler is to be holding the hand of a mom or a dad. That mom or dad will guide these steps to safety. They will guide these steps to the place they're going. And should this child stumble, and they will, the holding of mom or dad's hand will ensure that they don't fall. God doesn't say if you do everything you should, you're not going to fall because all of us live in a sinful world and all of us have minds that do wander at times. But we can still have a tender heart wanting to walk with God and as we walk with God and he holds our hand, our steps don't get faltered. We are people who, when we do fall, though we fall, we're not cast headlong, for the Lord upholds us. Verse 25 says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, or his children begging for bread. 
I have been young. Now I'm old. I don't know if you'd consider me old or not right now. I know that you would not consider me young. I was young once. And as I came into this ministry as a young man, I watched those who went before me operate. I saw people who loved God and gave their resources to build this place. They gave their time. They gave their energies. I was young, and I used to watch that. Now, I wasn't the one making decisions. I was pretty much being told what to do during those days because I was young. And I have been young, but now I'm older. And I have never seen God not provide for his people. In the 56 years I have been here at Silver Birch Ranch, I have never seen God not provide for his place. I've never seen it. Oh, there have been times where we wondered, and there's times of great trial and times of great problems that arise. But I have never seen God not provide. I have never seen God not be faithful to his ways. And neither of you, because he's not. He's always faithful. He's going to be faithful no matter what you and I do. It's not that he is unfaithful in any way. He can't be. So even though I'm older now, I can look back at 56 years and tell you, God has never failed at supplying the needs for his work in his way. I have times where I thought he shouldn't supply because we're all imperfect people. Why would he take care of us when we're so sinful? Because he loves us and his faithfulness is not determined by us. His faithfulness is who he is. He is faithful to his cause. He's faithful to his people. Verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. It's interesting that God wants us to be those who get in the habit of walking with him. There are other verses in the scripture that we can read that are similar in talking about steps. It may not be the exact same word, but it's the exact same concept. Psalm 17, 5, my steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. Psalm 85, 13, righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Psalm 119, 133, keep steady my steps according to your promise. And let no iniquity get dominion over me. First Samuel 2.9 He will guard the feet of his faithful ones. But the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. Job 23.11 and 12 My foot is held fast to his steps. I have kept his way and have not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Proverbs 16.9 The heart of man plants his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Jeremiah 10.23 I know, O Lord, that the way of man is not in himself. 
that it is not in man who walks to direct his steps. The steps of our life are important, those small decisions we make today. Did you get up today looking forward to seeing what God would do in your life? That's a step. Did you spend time talking to God, letting him talk to you through his word? That's a step. Now you know you should do that, so you know the step you should take. And if you're not taking that step, then how in the world are you going to be in sync with what God is doing? See, those who delight in him, those who enjoy God, they can follow God moment by moment. They can make the right choice at the right moment. Don't be paralyzed by not knowing what the future is going to bring. Rather, be consumed with taking the right step today, delighting in who God is, enjoying the fact that he is faithful, enjoying the fact that he will always provide for his work and his people. The steps, the details of men are established by the Lord when those people delight in him. I was reading a commentary that said basically this, the same thing appears in Christ's preaching. He tells men how to live, but he says nothing about great far-reaching plans of life. His talk is rather of living day by day and letting tomorrow take thought for the things of itself. He comes to reveal God to us, but his speech is not about God of vast designs and transcendent power, rather of one who paints each lily of the field and feeds the birds and marks the sparrow's fall and numbers the hair on our heads. God is pleased with him who lets his steps be ordered, literally, the words read, from Jehovah, it is that man's steps are established so that he hath pleasure in his way. We do God a great wrong when we picture him as a creditor whose interest in his debtors begins and ends with them paying their debts. God merges the relation of debtor and creditor in that of father and child. It is a very small part of your interest in your child that he should repay you for your care of him. In fact, payment is impossible. Infirmity is recognized as an element of a good man's walk. Though he fall, then it's looked upon as more than possible that we may fall. Indeed, we may. I'm quoting Marvin Vincent in a commentary that I like to read. That has several different people in it. He says, If God has ordained a way for men to walk, it is the height of folly to walk any other way. Indeed. If God, as we have seen, orders our ways step by step, it becomes us to take heed to the details of our lives. Yeah, those little details mean something. How you use your time, how you approach who God is, how you spend time with God and those you love. He goes on to say, and ought we not to get great comfort out of the divine ordering of each step? When a traveler in the Alps is ascending on an ice slope where he has to cut steps as he mounts, he thinks of little besides the step he is about at that moment cutting. He has a point to reach 
a space to traverse. But all that is lost in the sight and danger and difficulty which wait in every step. He knows he needs to escape destruction only as each step is rightly cut. And his foot firmly planted each time. It is a good deal so in this life. It is not a safe journey by any means, but there is this assurance for the child of God who walks in it, that each step shall be sure if he only commits his way unto the Lord. The separate steps, sometimes each one seems to sink into the quagmire or strike a stone. It's hard to walk on in strong faith that they are ordered by the Lord, but they are so. Remember this. And that if he be for me, who can be against me? Again, that's Marvin Vincent out of the Biblical Illustrator Commentary. Well, as you can tell, if you've listened to Nighttime, I enjoy Psalm 37, and I would ask you to open your Bibles and read it quietly to yourself and enjoy what God says through that particular psalm and the contrast that is there between the righteous, and the evil. Once again, I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. You've been listening to Nighttime. Good night.